Well, what is up, everybody? I have to tell you, I don't know. This is a new podcast machine. And I've already... Messed up Prince and the Wolf. I just don't know how to use technology. But you know, you guys don't expect much more from me. I'm super happy to be here though. I don't know why my voice is so much louder than the music. I'm just looking at the volume thing on the podcast machine. What's going on, everybody? I'm so happy to be here with you. Let me turn that down. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Tell me something good. Happy to be here in Denver, Colorado. Performing at one of the best clubs in the country. What's going on, everybody? I, uh... We've taken a couple weeks off of Fairly Normal. Um, you guys know how that goes. Sometimes, um... Well, whatever. Had a pretty stressful couple of weeks. And, um... Culminated in me taking a little trip to the hospital the other night. Um... You know, it's funny. I had always... Uh, and welcome, everybody, to Fairly Normal. I'm Josh Wolf, And um, here in Denver, Colorado. I've said that like nine times. <laughs> Having such a good time here. Um, had to cancel my show on Thursday. So here's what happened, everybody. First of all, I hope you guys are having a great day wherever this finds you. So it was Tuesday night. I don't know if you guys know, I had to go to the hospital on Tuesday. Tuesday night. And we just done, I'd done a podcast with Claire Grant for Prince and the Wolf. She sat in for Freddie. Um, I had gone and done a, uh, a Control Chaos, which is what, how I always do it. I do the Prince and the Wolf, I do Control Chaos. And then I went and did a set at the Comedy Store. And, um, but not an abnormal Tuesday, everybody. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like, well, maybe you should not do that. This is what I do every Tuesday. But what I'm starting to figure out, well, we'll get to it. Let me go step by step if I can try not to get distracted. But you know me. This story should take two minutes. It's going to take 27. Um, Wiz Khalifa, everybody. No gain. Um, so that was Wiz Khalifa, no gain. Um, so 
I'm back in the house with Beth. Uh, I take under what I usually take for um, my weed. Uh, now, a couple things needed to go going in. Um, I got this stuff. Uh, I'm just, I got this, I'm doing this. Well, anyways, I'm doing this diet with Beth, um, you know, and uh, it's just, hey, we're doing it together. It's something easier to do together. And it's not a great diet for me um, because I'm already too fucking skinny. But so when you start, we were doing just for five days, we were doing just a quick no carb, just meat and vegetable and fat and then moving on to something else. But I lost a bunch of weight in those five days. I'm like a, just like a, like a, sometimes when I get that thin, I put my hat on, I look like a really sick kid. You know what I mean? And so I'm feeling a little weak, but all good. Nothing out of the norm. Uh, And I'm upstairs and we're hanging out. And then I just... I started to feel a little weird, you know, and I said to Beth, I said, I'm really, um, I have never said this to you, but I'm really freaking out. I'm starting to, I don't know what's going on with me. And then I just kind of collapsed and I don't know, like I didn't have control, you know, but not even like a faint cause I was awake. I just couldn't really walk and my body was shaking and I was disoriented, which I hated the most. Because, you know, my natural go-to in situations like that to diffuse things like that is comedy. So I couldn't even, I didn't even have my go-to, you know what I mean? Which really, you know, when your safety blanket's not there, makes you scared. So um, I was like, no, don't call anybody, don't call, maybe fine, don't call anybody. And then it just got really bad. Because as the, my body started to work a little bit. I started to have a panic attack, which I'd never had before. So to me, that's that. All I know is heart attack, you know. And I will tell you, I <laughs> this is the truth. I thought I was fine. I and I was thinking this is just a whatever. It's a panic attack or whatever it is, and you're gonna be fine. Breathe it out. It's gonna be cool. And um, and then I felt like, oh, I'm about to have no control of my bowels. True. Like, I, it feels like I'm just about to shit and piss for no apparent reason other than the fact that it's there. And there was, my brain was like, I, I can't stop that. And I was like, what? You can't stop it? What, what do you mean? We've got a deal, man. The deal with my brain is that, listen, since we were young, uh, I don't. The deal is that I don't have to concentrate not to shit myself. It just happens. Muscle memory. Reps, baby. I did reps. I went to the gym. I did reps. You know what I mean? Reps. We all did reps not to shit ourselves. Okay? When you lose the ability, when those reps just start, stop working, I was like, well, that's bad. That that means my body is like starting to give up a little bit. So I said to Beth, I'm like, call somebody. Let's get going. Call somebody. So because then I, I was starting to shake and my hands were getting all twisted, almost like, um, is it cerebral palsy when the hands are kind of twisted? You know what I mean? And so it was like that and stiff. And um, so we're waiting for the uh, 
I'm going back and forth with the EMTs. No MT, EMT. And then at one point, it literally felt like, and by the way, everybody, Bruno Mars, come on. Versace on the floor. It's so good. So good. This dude is can do no wrong. We say what you want. Come on. This guy could get it. <laughs> All right. So what was the turning point for me for to, her to call somebody is that I started to, the panic attack is, now that I'm looking back on it, the panic attack is really what started to set in. I couldn't get my breathing under control, and then it felt like my breath was super cold. Like cold air coming out. And I was like, well, that's death. Yeah, call somebody. So we had her call somebody. And, um, okay. So... They come. I'm throwing up. I'm a little disoriented. And they're asking me a lot of questions. You know, they need answers just to kind of see where I'm at. And I'm throwing up. I don't feel well. I'm having trouble <laughs> really listening to what they're saying and focusing in. And so Beth starts to answer. And, you know, she's just she's the best. And she's, But she's just trying, you know, she's probably a little panicked too. And she just starts dishing up too much information. You know what I mean? Like... First of all, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay somewhat manly because these three just like men, the EMTs are just men. They're just men. You know what I mean? The guys coming out of the fire truck are just fucking men. And here I am, this frail little fucking middle-aged dude. You know what I mean? I've lost a bunch of weight, so my clothes are kind of hanging off me. And I'm throwing up and having a hard time. My hair is all fucked up. Having a hard time, you know, focusing and answering their questions. So then I hear from my side, I just hear Beth go, he's been on a no-carb diet. So he might be a little weak or frail right now. He's super weak. He's lost a lot of weight. You see, he's so small. And I'm like, stop talking, stop talking. You know what I mean? It kind of cut me out of it because I was so embarrassed. I'm like, you're embarrassing me in front of the fireman. <laughs> But she was saying everything. He comes too fast. Sometimes he'll walk around in a pair of my yoga pants because he says it makes his dick look bigger. You know, maybe she's just saying all this embarrassing shit. I'm like, they don't need that information. Just fucking let him take my vitals and shit, you know? So super embarrassing. The guy's like, oh, you're on a no-carb diet, are you, buddy? I'm like, oh, my God. And I could hear them kind of joking about it. They're making jokes and some of the other shit she's saying because she's such a good person, you know. So, and this was maybe my favorite part. They are putting me in the ambulance because they're like, we need to go get you to the hospital to just make sure everything's all right. And that's a $5,000 taxi ride, by the way. So, um, on the way in, dude lays a pink blanket on me. And uh, he kind of looked at his buddy, laid the pink blanket down. And I look at him, I go, because I know, man, I know dudes, I know dudes, you know, when you're not allowed to really tell jokes at work, but you want to low key tell jokes about, hey, this guy's a pussy. I look at him, I go, pink blanket, huh? He goes, yeah, bro, you get the pink blanket. <laughs> I 
made me laugh. <laughs> I legit loved it. I love it. They have to have their jokes too, and don't start with pigs with weird girls with boys. Do the fuck you. It's pretty funny, man. I love that they had a sense of humor about that shit. That they were basically right. Oh, this is the uh, soft rock version of uh, fairly normal Gavin DeGraw soldier. Yeah, I'll admit that I listen to you, Gavin DeGraw sometimes. That's right. Gavin DeGraw, Paul Young, Jacob Dylan. Why not? I'll listen to a little easy listening, make your dick soft music. I have to say, after I tell this story, I had one experience with Gavin DeGraw. Not a fan. Sorry, everybody who are Gavin DeGraw fans. Not a fan. He was... To say he was a dismissive douche would be giving dismissive douches a little too much credit. He might have been having a bad night. I never know. You know what I mean? It's possible that these... You know, you never know, man. Who knows what was going on in his life? I'm sure that I've been a dismissive douche to people. But that was my one experience with him. Dismissive douche. Um... So, all right. So, Pink Blanket. And I got to tell you, they get me into the ambulance. I'm starting to feel better. Starting to feel better. And I can re- I know, oh, nothing's wrong. But part of me, I'm not going to lie to you. Part of me, isn't this weird? I was, I, I was so concerned about them thinking I was a pussy. I'm like, well, what if I just had a little heart attack? You know what I mean? Not a big, not... Listen, guys, nothing that's going to affect, you know, do any permanent damage. But it's just something where they're like, oh, yeah, he's not a pussy. Yeah, there was. He didn't need the pink blanket. Blue blanket for him next time. You know what I mean? Like, is that weird? The part. That. But. Because I didn't want to be the dude where you had a little trouble breathing, buddy. And the thing, and the guy at the hospital, they told me, they looked, they. they Beth was telling them about my schedule, too. He did three sets today. He travels all the time. And I'm like, you're making me sound like a pussy. Stop talking. But I started to realize when I look at my schedule, I, I have zero days off. Between the High Live and Control Chaos, other podcasts that I do, um, I really have z- sets in town, traveling every weekend, I'm giving myself zero days off. And the doctor was like, look, man, it was like uh, exhaustion, dehydration, then panic attack. He said, but when you're exhausted and dehydrated, if you collapse, your body is telling you something, man. And what it's telling you is, is that, hey, maybe sleep is good. Maybe some days when you're not doing anything, that's okay. Just to continue to do nothing. And I, um, I need to start implementing that a little more in my life because I will tell you, that was not great. You know, it wasn't great. And during, those, during that like minute or two where I was like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Iggy Pop, everybody. Sister Midnight. Please tell me you guys listen to Iggy Pop. 
I promise you, you'll be surprised how many of his songs you know. Uh. Oh, it's just midnight. Uh. Um, but yeah, that was what went down. And I'm trying to, I'm looking at my schedule, trying to balance things out. I may end up having to, depending on what the doctor says, uh, I may end up having to pull out a, a weekend, uh, cause I know it looks like I got the next six weeks on the road and I just don't know if that's going to happen for me. Everybody, I feel really beholden, not kidding to you all. Um, there's been such a resurgence in the interest in my business that it's so humbling to me that I just want to go out and basically do stand up and be able to say thank you to everybody. But I, I have to, I have to, um, you know, it's a marathon and I just need to start pacing myself a little better and realize I'm not a young man. You know, I can't do that young man shit anymore. I wish I could. I wish I could do all the young man shit, you know, drink a 12 pack of beer, have four shots of tequila, eat a bag of Doritos and get up and go to work the next morning right as fucking rain. Not even needing a cup of coffee. Speaking of which, haven't had a cup of coffee in 10 days. Hating life. Hating. Hating. This was so much harder than quitting sugar. Hating life. Hating. I wake up every morning. Today I went downstairs at the hotel and I had some peppermint tea and it felt like, honestly, I, I've said before that I think white wine tastes like Tinkerbell. Like if Tinkerbell took a piss in a cup, I think that's what white wine, especially like white Zin tastes like. But peppermint tea tastes like the anal excretions of a leprechaun. It is such a fucking tease. It was like, what else? Give me a, I'm, you know what I found, guys? My whole life, and this is why I've, I've quit coffee before and I've quit other things before. I chase the high. I love the high. I love, I, I'm, look, I love, I love what more you got. That's everything. Every time I take something, I'm like, what more do you got? What extra is there? What else can I feel? I want to feel some more. That's why I go, I've always gone over with the drugs that I take, which is one of the reasons I'm so glad I didn't like Coke or anything like that, meth, because you can like straight up OD. But, but I remember the only thing when I used to do Coke, the only thing that that Coke made me want to do is more Coke. It didn't make me happy. It didn't make me sad. It just made me want more Coke. That was terrible. But like, that's why the thing with weed, it's why I don't, one of the reasons I don't drink, guys, is because I don't have an off button. If I'm drinking one shot of tequila, somebody's getting pregnant. You know what I mean? That's, that's a big jump, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm not good. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at just the, like, if you, if you take some drug, if you open a bag of cookies in front of me, I'm finishing all those motherfuckers. So, uh, I've been chasing the high my whole life, I think. It's interesting. I, I just figured that out really this week. And I don't know if that's because... Oh, this is interesting. I'm getting into my own fucking psyche. 
I don't know if that's because I am depressed and walking around in the world. Fire and desire. Rick James. Come on. Guys, Rick James is so much more than Super Freak. It's not even like Super Freak's not his best song. If you don't listen to Rick James, and his voice is fucking so good. Tell him, Rick. Get in there. I love it when these old R&B dudes would talk you into the verse and then just hit you with a... Giving you the rundown. Making you feel like... You know, girl. You changed me with your love and sexy touch. Listen to that, guys. You telling me you don't listen to Rick James? So I don't know if I chase that high because I don't feel enough in my regular day-to-day. I think somebody had said that to me before, that that's a thing. That you chase a high because you're not feeling it on your normal. And I don't know, man. I feel joy. I feel sadness. I feel love. I feel all that stuff. Maybe I don't feel it intensely enough. Maybe I want to. I like the feeling of losing myself, my brain. I like the feeling of opening it up, opening up different quarters. In drugs... I'm doing more, I smoke more, or not smoke, but do more edibles now than I ever have. But I think also some of that is the world. Like, to me, the weed softens everything. You know what I mean? Softens everything. So, but yeah, I don't know how I got on that topic. But maybe because I'm in Denver. I got a nice package from the people at Chiba Chew. Thank you so much. It's always the Chiba Chew. Oh, guys. Fucking last week. Last week. I'm on the plane coming back from New Mexico. Well, by the way, great shows in New Mexico. And I forgot to tell you, I had the f- many firsts. One, I did a show. The last 30 minutes, 25 minutes of the show, I had the hiccups. Fucked up all my punchlines. Hard for me to sing my songs. But was one of the funnest shows I've ever had. Because I'd never done that before, man. I love those new experiences. I think they're super cool. You know, I, it just it makes it different and weird and fun, you know? And so, uh, okay. So I'm flying back from New Mexico. And uh, I mean, listen, uh, a small flex here. I got bumped up to first class. I said, what? First class? Yeah, but it was a first class that had no outlets, no TVs. And, and and that's why I got bumped, because nobody bought that fucking ticket. Nobody was like, I'm not spending any extra money on just a little bigger seat. I'm not spending two extra thousand dollars just so, like, I can put my jacket in the seat next to me. You know what I mean? In the fucking, right in the seat. In the seat next to me? 
or next to me in the seat. There you go, next to me in the seat. But so I'm there. I come on with my with my guitar, and um, it's one of these small regional planes, and she couldn't fit my guitar in her closet. I have a question for you, by the way. I don't know if any flight attendants are listening, but like, so my guitar. Uh, airlines have broken my guitar before and when I sent in a claim their response was how do we know the guitar wasn't broken when you put it on the plane and I travel with a soft not a hard case because that's really you can never fit that on any plane so a soft case I have a smaller guitar and um, usually I can put it in the closet but the closet was filled you know and um, I'm in first class and regional jet and just it's just smaller overhead bins and one side can barely fit anything it's really small on one side of those jets so on the other side is the only chance and um there's just no room and so she's like we're gonna have to check the bag and i was like shit because i don't want to break the guitar guys it's just a pain in the ass and i love this guitar it's new it's brand new it's brand fucking new and i love it you know by the way i'm gonna sell Maybe not sell. Maybe I just give away. I can't decide what I'm gonna do with my other two guitars. Um. So, uh, Ben Kingsley's in first class. Ben Kingsley. And uh, he, we made eye contact when uh, I walked on the plane. So he clearly was like, "Is that the guy who had the one line in Home Improvement?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's me, man." So, uh, I was like, aren't you that guy who's been in every movie of all time? So, I, uh, I'm i like, shit. And she's like, you may get whatever you need out of the guitar case. We're going to have to check it. And then this, guys, I'm going to do the accent. This beautiful voice. I've got a leather, a leather satchel. I've got a leather satchel. It's up above. If you want to give it to me, I'll put it between my legs. And I grabbed the leather satchel. And I handed it to him and I said, thank you, Ben Kingsley. First and last name, everybody. First and last name. Because when you're saying, you can't say Mr. Kingsley. I can't call him Ben, but I can call him Ben. Now, I didn't call him Sir Ben Kingsley, which has been pointed out to me. Pointed give, uh, That maybe it would have been better if I'd. And um, as soon as Ben Kingsley said, uh, I have a leather satchel. By the way, man. Your accent makes you sound, like I've said this a million times, your accent can make you sound smarter than you are. I'm sure there are dumb people in, in London, not from where I'm sitting. The accent just sounds so much smarter. And when I say, hey, thank you very much, you know what he said? Cheers. Cheers. Well, everybody knows my name? Cheers to you, Ben Kingsley, for starting a revolution. And, get, and everybody took their bag down Guys, and I get to fit my guitar up there. And the flight attendant said to me, and I fly every weekend too, she said, I want you to know, I've never seen that happen. Where people rearrange, voluntarily put their bags back down between their legs so somebody else could use the overhead space. It was pretty amazing. And then um, I did have a conversation with dude, this flight out, man, guitar up above there. And he was like, hey man, your guitar is taking up the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, I know. When he was like, man, it's kind of inconsiderate. I was like, well, there's room for some other bags, just not your big bag. 
And he goes, well, you should check that. It's inconsiderate and inconvenient for me, basically. And I was like, hey, man, that's how I make my living. What's more inconvenient, that I don't, that my shit breaks or that you just have to go down to baggage claim, bro? Because once you get it on the plane, they'll check it for free. They'll even gate check it for you. But thank you, sir. Thank you, Ben Kingsley. I owe you one, man. Come over to the house. I will make you some balls of meat. You guys know I like to make balls of meat. Some people call them meatballs. Mine are not meatballs. Mine are balls of meat. Why is that? By the way, this is Lucinda Williams, everybody. Satisfied mind. Lucinda Williams is so good. I've told you my Lucinda Williams story about a million times. Guys, you know, it's crazy. The new podcast machine. I can't see anything. Like, I can't see how long we've been going. I can't. It's fancy, but, uh, you know, guys, I'm not good with fancy. I'd rather have just something I can. I know what the fuck is going on. It's I'm such a curse mudgeon. Um, and I want to leave you with this, everybody. Uh, and by the way, I, okay. I, <laughs> you know, I was in the airport and I saw these two white ass, I think the term is wigger berating this woman with kids in Denver airport you ugly ass kid get your ugly ass she called them calling her kids ugly and shit yeah there was almost a straight up brawl in the Denver airport people came to that woman's defense man yo you better and then this I love the the this uh, girl you you better you better you better step back you better, mm, yo, you better get those. She was like, ain't nobody. She like, it was like, when, it was like a tick. It was like, it was like you bet. You bet. It was like the tribes in Africa communicating with sounds. But these two little white girls almost got their asses kicked repeatedly. But I, I, I started like. So this one little girl was probably, not little, I bet she was 5'9", call it literal age-wise, but I bet you she was 5'9", 150. That's a person. And there was this dude who was getting in the middle of her and this woman. And um, the, the girl was like pushing this guy. And the guy wasn't much bigger than her, five, maybe an inch. My question to you is this. Because we are, we, are, we are all okay. None of us would be up in arms if a little dude hit a bigger dude. And that bigger dude knocked that little motherfucker out. But what's this guy supposed to do if a woman about his size starts to get physical with him? Is he allowed to protect himself? I'm always so curious about how that goes. Guys, I have friends of mine who I've seen get slapped harder across the face in public by a random girl. Dudes who are trying to break up fights. And I was always like, man, I 
wish I had enough wherewithal in the moment not to react. I do. I don't know. I'm going to tell you guys the honest truth. If a grown person, not a tiny little person, five foot one, I'm not a big person. If somebody my size, so this woman was not that much smaller than me, 5'9", 150, I got an inch and a half and 10 pounds. If that person is continually taking swings on me, like, and you can't get it, like, obviously, if you can get away, you get away. But, like, I'm always curious about that because I've seen big dudes hit little dudes or little dudes hit big dudes and big dudes knock them out and nobody says shit. Nobody says shit. So, you know what I mean? Are we saying you're not supposed to beat up people smaller than you and weaker than you? Or is it just a man-woman thing? Because I know a lot of women that could beat my ass. I'm not allowed to swing back. Ronda Rousey starts coming at me. I'm not allowed to swing back. You know what I mean? I felt bad for this dude because he was just trying to do the right thing. But I was like, man, if you even put your hands on her to restrain her, you are fucked. And he wasn't much bigger than her. Like, I felt really bad for him. I was like, man. Uh, but I did tell that other woman. I was like, hey, get you and your kids just need to get out of here, man. Let these girls talk it out with whoever they're going to talk it out with. But they're not going to leave you alone. But interesting, right? I, I was watching this dude, and he had such self-control. But you could also tell. He was thinking, oh, I I could get worked over here. I could get worked over. Worked over. He was not a big dude, you know? I'm super curious what people think about that. You know, I've always felt like once you lay your hands on somebody else, all bets are off. I'm sorry. Once you get to a point where I'm, and I'm not a 6'5", 300-pound dude. I don't know how many punches from anybody I could take. But my thought has always been, once you start laying your hands on people, rules of engagement are off. If you're going to kick some dude in the nuts, there's a chance you're going to take a fucking karate chop. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand I don't the, the self-control people have. Good Lord, I hope I'm never in that situation. Good Lord, I hope I'm never in that situation. I don't think I will be. I don't think I'll be in too many situations where women are punching me. Frank from the Lemon Twigs. I forgot to do the last one. was the Quaker City. The Lemon Twigs, everybody. I know I'm going to get some angry tweets about this. That last thing that I'm talking about. The Lemon Twigs are a super weird group, by the way. Um, but so I don't know. Like, I really feel like if you are, you should not be able to hit people with impunity. Like, you should not be able to hit people and think that's that fucking, I can just punch you in the face. What? Uh Uh-uh. I don't know that that's the case. I've heard Whoopi Goldberg talk about this too, man. Just don't hit somebody else. Just don't hit anybody, you know? The other thing I want to say is this. I've seen so many amazing examples in the last month or so of people going out of their way to be kind to other people. I'm so excited to see it, guys. It's what we need. I can't do this. I'm sorry, everybody. I can only do the lemon twigs for so long. We're going to end on basically my favorite. New artist isn't right. Not new, but. He was the next song, so 
I hope it plays. What the fuck? Hump through the winner. Fantastic Negrito. I'm dying to hear, know what you guys think. I think you guys know that I'm not talking about that people should hit women. And uh, 100%. You should keep your hands to yourself. What I'm asking you is, if the size is about the same and some dude is getting swung on, what the fuck's he supposed to do? And why should you be able to hit someone in the face with no consequence? Do you know what I mean? It's such a tricky thing, but at the same time, you shouldn't be beating people up who you're incredibly who you're stronger than. Well, that's not true. Sometimes there's mitigating circumstances for that shit too. You know what we just decided we found out in these last five minutes, guys? There's an example for anything. No matter what you tell me, I can be like, yeah, but what about, you know what I mean? You know what makes people different than animals? And I'm reading Sapiens, everybody. Go read that fucking book. But our ability to compromise, you know what I mean? And we're losing that ability right now. All right, I got to go. I got shit I got to do. Uh, uh. All right, guys. Love you. We'll see you next time. Comedianjoshua.com for tour dates. Later.